Hello and welcome to Today I Am Grateful, the podcast where we share our gratitude with people in our community who have helped make a difference. I'm Annika, a middle schooler from New York, and each week I like to highlight a different local leader to share their story. This week, I am thrilled to introduce you to Chief of White Plains Hospital Rheumatology, Dr. Zolt Kulchar. Hi, it is my pleasure to have you on the podcast. Please tell us about yourself. Hi, Anika. It's a real pleasure to be on today. Um, so I have a very tough Hungarian name, and it's pronounced like a bolt of lightning with a Z, Zolt. And I am actually the Chief of Rheumatology at White Plains Hospital and also serve as the Associate Medical Director of Digital Health and um, quality for the ambulatory setting. So mostly dealing a lot with telemedicine. How has COVID-19 impacted your role as a doctor? Well, I think um, any doctor is comfortable to say that COVID-19 has significantly disrupted what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I would go as far as saying the doctor-patient relationship has been completely torn Um, with a separating wall uh, placed right in between that came down fairly suddenly, Um, but thankfully it was fairly temporary. Um, All the medical advice um, that we're giving now in rheumatology and my colleagues and other specialties where we would never have to think of COVID, now we have to introduce the element of COVID, this infectious disease running rampant. For me specifically, it's actually impacted me greatly because a lot of my patients have autoimmune diseases. And what I do to manage those diseases is suppress their immune system in an effort to restore their um, normal health. But as a result, we have to be very mindful of the medications we use in suppressing the immune system when there is an active infectious disease roaming around. Can you set the scene of March 2020 when the pandemic had first hit New York? Specifically, how did it affect patient clinic visits? Sure. So, you know, March was a a fairly crazy time, as I would put it in medicine. And, you know, specifically for me, it impacted us greatly because I practiced down in New Rochelle, and it's actually probably one of my busiest sessions. And what I found is literally walking distance from me is where that synagogue was located where patient zero was in the northeast and so very rapidly we saw in a matter of days our office needed to close down and um, all of my patients were torn from their normal doctor patient relationship they literally had no way to come into the office and uh, more importantly uh, new rochelle became a large containment zone So there was very little in and out of New Rochelle. So patients were really stuck mostly in their homes. Um, Now, as we all know, autoimmune diseases don't really pay attention to these world events. And so people still had their diseases flare up on them. And so we very quickly had to set up a modality for us to be able to interact with the patients and to actually render proper care. Um, Because with my diseases, we often need to see people at least every three months to make sure everything is going well and that they're not having any adverse effects from their medications. So really all of these visits needed to continue. And um, what we had to do is set up video visits to enable that doctor-patient relationship. So I and a small team at White Plains Hospital were actually responsible for converting 
all of the office visits for 250 of my colleagues, including myself, onto what we would call telemedicine. So we actually hunkered down and in the mornings I would see patients through video visits and the rest of the day I would actually work very hard to be able to um, set up these video appointments for my other colleagues in surgery and um, different specialties. So they were very long, hard days, um, 14, 15 hour days, including weekends, first to enable this technology and then to maintain it. Is there something you have felt gratitude towards during this time? Um, I think it was a busy time, um, but ultimately it was a time of reflection for sure. And I would have to say the two things, there were, there were several things I was very uh, grateful for. The first would be my wife and son who would kind of stand by me and no matter how long the hours were, they would warmly greet me every evening when I came home. Obviously, sometimes I came home way after my son was already sleeping, uh, but it was always a pleasure to have them around and, and to support me. Um, the second thing I was grateful for is my wonderful colleagues who really banded together and there was no obstacle too large to make all of this happen. And so um, we really worked hard as a team and were very successful, I would say, at completing this task. Um, and finally, there was a very special moment during this time. Um, you know, my parents were down in Florida and as we're watching the news, we saw that, you know, in Florida, this, this is heating up and the, once the COVID crisis started to cool down in the summer in the Northeast, Florida started to have their flare ups of the disease. And so my parents decided to fly up and spend three months with us in New York. And it was a real special bonding time between me and my parents and also my three-year-old son and my parents. And it, and it really ended up being a very special time in my life um, just because I was also able to wind back a little bit and spend that time at home and not be at work only. What advice would you give to those who are considering scheduling a telemedicine visit with their doctor? So th this is a great question because there is some advice that can make a telemedicine visit much more successful and satisfying. And there are some things that would make it the opposite. Um, I would always tell patients and even my provider colleagues to prepare. I would make sure that they have the appropriate technology and more importantly, they're doing this in the right space. Just like you and I are talking in a quiet space um, with probably a microphone and headphones so we can hear each other uh, speak comfortably. That's obviously a good idea when you embark into a telemedicine visit. Um, so technology, I would take, take um, you know, a survey of what technologies you have available. I find that an iPad and a good set of headphones are probably the best. Um, I would also tell a patient to be patient with yourself, but also patient with your provider, um, because this is kind of a new thing, not only for patients, but also for a lot of um, doctors. So, you know, it's a learning process. And I have found that really a lot of our patients were very lenient with us during this time. Um, I would also say you have to know when the video is, is good and when the video visit is not enough. Um, and that kind of comes deep inside. You know your disease, you know why you're connecting to your doctor. And sometimes a quick video visit might be adequate, 
but sometimes they you need to come in to have a procedure you need your doctor to examine you more carefully and so i would be you know honest with yourself and not always rely on just technology um, a couple of other pointers that would be helpful is uh, it would be helpful to always have a family member um, in the background taking notes or be be accompanying you because it can really make the visit much more robust and um, what i also find is that the technology allows you to add several people onto the video visit and so as a result um, you know you don't have to always be in the same place to have a family member join you uh, for the telemedicine visit so that's really the beauty of technology and then um, you know really I, I would also tell patients that if you're stuck at home and you're uncomfortable coming into the office, don't be scared to act, ask your doctor's office for a telemedicine visit because it's probably available. And you know, you might think the office is not able or capable to do it, but most offices these days actually are ready to offer this. I know that you are very involved with the understanding and implementation of artificial intelligence in healthcare. Would you mind giving us some examples of this exciting new technology? Sure, yes, I, I think artificial intelligence in healthcare is actually quite exciting. Um, and there are a couple of areas that I've personally with my team explored artificial intelligence. Although I think this, this new technology is really touching all aspects of healthcare. Um, some of the more ripe areas I find are radiology. And radiology has artificial intelligence inserted into it in two ways. Um, the artificial intelligence can scan all of the films, like looking at a CAT scan of the brain. And if somebody's coming in with a stroke, um, artificial intelligence can quickly read the scan. And if there is a major large problem, um, artificial intelligence can read it and highlight it to the radiologist. And while I, I think most good radiologists would not miss a problem like that, where we find artificial intelligence also helpful is if you have 10 CAT scans, seven of those are normal, but if artificial intelligence quickly reads them and finds those three abnormals and raises them in the queue that you should look at these first because the rest look normal to me, that's where it becomes very powerful. So the triaging of, of when you read a film and bringing it up into an urgency level that you might not be aware of because you're just kind of taking them as they come. So artificial intelligence has made a great impact there. Um, but also what I found is artificial intelligence inserted into radiology has been helpful where you run all of the radiologists reading the report of the CAT scan or any imaging through an artificial intelligence program like a natural language processing program. And if the radiologist said that there's a tiny finding right now that might not be important today, but I would like this person to get a CAT scan in six months, often we forget to bring that person back. Now you have artificial intelligence reading all of these reports and, and shortly before that patient needs to come back, the AI program can send you a message, Ms. Johnson needs to come back to repeat that lung scan. And that's where it can be very powerful. Um, a few other areas that I've seen exciting work with artificial intelligence is um, we have embarked in a program called remote patient monitoring 
And what this means is we give you a blood pressure cuff or um, a blood sugar checker called a glucometer that you do in your home. And um, all of these readings can now go into a specific platform. And you know, if you check your blood sugar or blood pressure, maybe it's a little bit higher, a little bit lower. Patients often don't know what to worry about and what's okay, but artificial intelligence can continuously scan these readings and also alert the doctor or even family members if one of those readings is too high or too low and make sure that somebody reaches out to the patient and helps them before they run into big trouble like their sugar runs into the several hundreds. Um, a couple of interesting areas uh, would be symptoms checkers. So many people would wanna know, is my cough COVID these days? And you often can go into a chat bot on a website at a medical center, answer a few questions. Um, they sometimes link with your electronic medical record. And based on how you answer, they can give you the probability of, is this COVID, should I get checked? Or no, it would be okay to observe. Um, and often that's how artificial intelligence is being applied where they triage somebody in the home in what level of care they should be looking for. Um, interestingly, we partnered with MIT here at White Plains Hospital and a little bit of work from voice recognition and they're able to now interpret a patient's cough and predict if that cough is consistent with COVID or some other cause of a cough. And so we are just in the early phases of working with MIT in really refining their artificial intelligence in identifying the cough and the likelihood of COVID causing that cough. So that's a very small flavor of artificial intelligence and, and really it's applied much more broadly, but a very exciting topic in the field. Today we heard from Dr. Kulchar, a physician from White Plains Hospital and a healthcare innovator. His work with developing telehealth solutions allowed physicians and healthcare providers to continue caring for their patients during the pandemic. He gave us a cool preview of the role of artificial intelligence in healthcare, which is really exciting. We are grateful to him and his colleagues for the incredible work they have done taking care of our community.